So I couple sexiness and professionalism. I put them hand in hand. And here's why. You can take the best looking man or the best looking woman in the world, put them in a room and surround them by people. And just because those people are looking at a good looking person doesn't make that person sexy. Sexiness is not just about looks. Sexiness is about attitude. It's about communication. It's about body language. It's the way you carry yourself. It's about confidence. Now, it's a goddamn same thing with professionalism. If you don't have a professional attitude, you can get up every morning and put a clean shirt on, but that doesn't make you a professional. To be a professional, you got to carry yourself in a certain way. You have to communicate in a certain way. You have to have a certain demeanor and a certain confidence about you. If you show up to work in a clean shirt and act like an asshole, you're not a professional. This podcast today is going to speak on professionalism in the trades. And I have a great guest for you today. The very, the very, very first guest of the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. And I'm excited for this episode to get going. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast and I'm your host, Gary McCready. This episode of the HVAC Know-It-All podcast is brought to you by Field Pulse. We all want to go paperless, guys. 14-day free trial up for grabs at fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC Know-It-All or at HVACKNowItAll.com. Scroll down the homepage to the sponsored Field Pulse logo. HVAC Know-It-All is sponsored by Testo, Yellow Jacket, Refrigeration Technologies, and True Tech Tools. Save 8%. Off your tool purchases at True Tech Tools with promo code KNOWITALL, K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L. Use that promo code at checkout to save 8% off your purchase. So I was going through some of my notes I have from Armstrong regarding pump tips and pump technology. And what I found really interesting was in a retrofit application, um, you would think that you would start with the boiler or the chiller in a hydronic system. But from the notes and what I'm reading, I'm seeing that they recommend starting with the pump first and then moving to the boiler or chiller afterwards. I found that really, really interesting. If you guys want more information on Armstrong, go to armstrongfluidtechnology.com and check them out. More pump tips and education coming your way real soon. This episode of the HVAC Know It All podcast is brought to you by Armstrong. So before we get to the guest today, um, I did want to speak on one of one one point of professionalism that I find is very very important, and that that point is communication, but not just communication in its own, because you can communicate with somebody and you can be a complete jackass. I'm talking about positively structured communication, and I'm going to give you an example of that. Um, so. I take care of a bunch of buildings and the way it works for me is I'm a service tech. I don't do much install whatsoever. I rotate through the buildings I take care of doing preventative service maintenances, finding problems, quoting those problems out to the customer, fixing them. And I just keep rotating through the buildings that I go to or that I take care of. Now, 
one of my hugest pet peeves is when somebody else goes to one of my buildings and nobody in the office tells me and the tech that goes to the site doesn't tell me. So now there's a piece of equipment in one of my buildings that I have no history on because nobody's volunteered that information to me. So next time I go back there, the maintenance guy might say, well, your guy was here a month ago fixing that. And I'll be like, well, thanks for telling me, guys. It's very important to have a history on the buildings you take care of. And if you can't remember that history, try to write it down. Or if, if you have some sort of paperless system at your place, have it recorded and have it emailed to you or, or something just so you can keep a record of it. Because having records of past history in your buildings is going to make you better. Because the more information you have, the better technician you can be. Now, I think it's very professional. If you go to a building that's not yours to pick up the phone, go, hey, I'm over at your building. I'm working on Unit X and it has this issue. This is what I'm going to do about it. So now you know. And I respect that. I respect that a lot. Okay, but when I find out a month later that somebody was at one of my buildings and they, they didn't even call me, it, it kind of bothers me. Now, I'm probably guilty of, it, of doing that too, but I try my very, very best. If I go to a building that's not mine and I fix something or find a problem, I try or do my best to call that technician up and say, hey, listen, I'm at your building. This is what I found. This is what I'm doing about it. If I'm going to quote something out, maybe I'll quote something out and, and that tech will get the work because it's their building because I'm busy doing other stuff. I was just available that day to go to the call. So positively constructed communication is key to being a professional. So I have a great guest coming on today and I have a lot of respect for this guest. I met him about two years ago online. Not on Tinder, by the way, on Facebook. When I would post an HVAC know-it-all, he would comment, we would talk, we would chat, we would laugh. And then when I created my HVAC hub powered by HVAC know-it-all, he joined that, that group as well. And I asked him to be a moderator because his influence was positive. And it was in line with the kind of ideology that I had for how I wanted this project to look. So that's a volunteer position. So I want to thank Rick for taking time out of his day to check in on the group, to be a positive influence. Hey, I said Rick. That means I just gave it away. So since I've given it away, my guest today is none other than Rick Resigno. Some of you may know him, some of you don't. But by the time this podcast is done, you definitely will. Rick is also an author. He's written many articles for HVACKNOWITALL.COM, which I also want to thank Rick for. Because the articles were great, and it put some content on the website. Free content, by the way, that you can all access and use at your own leisure to reference. Okay, and Rick is not just any old guy in a suit that's going to talk to you about being a professional in the trade. Rick has got built-up credentials in this trade. 
Okay, he started in the plumbing industry in 1982. He switched over to the HVAC and R industry in 1998. Okay, some of you guys like to say HVAC. I say HVAC, just preference. So the HVAC and R industry in 1998, residential and like commercial. Okay, in 2011, he became an educator. Since 2013, He's taught at Lincoln Technical Institute in Union, New Jersey. So Rick has an award, which I think is pretty cool. HVAC Excellence's Certified Master Heating Educator. That's a pretty cool award. He teaches basic refrigeration, electrical, commercial controls, as well as heat load and duct design. So Rick... Rick has got some built-up built, built up credentials, guys. And we talks on professionalism. You guys need to listen. You're going to learn something from Rick. I guarantee it. Okay, so Rick is coming up right now. You guys pay attention. It's funny how memes on the internet grab the attention of everybody and grab the engagement of everybody. So this is an audio meme. I'm driving down the road. I got some papers on my passenger seat. I roll down the windows for some fresh air. Boom, there goes my papers all over the highway. So get rid of that paper with Field Pulse, guys. Fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC know it all or go to HVAC know it all.com. Scroll down the homepage to the sponsored logo to start your 14 day free trial to start getting rid of that paper. Manage your fleet, your invoices, your quotes, work orders, you name it. Check them out, guys. Fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC know it all. I just got to throw this in there quickly, guys. Um, I kind of screwed up during the conversation with Rick. I had my noise canceling slider up a little bit too high. Okay, when I do that, it cancels out my voice sometimes a little bit. But I wasn't about to erase a 45 minute conversation with Rick. That was a really good conversation, so we're going to run with it. Um, bear with me. You can still make out what I'm saying. It happens once in a while. My voice kind of cuts out like it's a cell phone breaking up, but you can still make it out, and Rick carried most of the conversation anyway. So, guys, enjoy it and bear with it, and I apologize ahead of time in advance for that. Hello, this is Rick. Hey, Rick, it's Gary. Hey, Gary. How you doing? How you doing? Good. 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 How's it going? Good. So this is the real deal now. No more test runs. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, I know you wanted to get into the discussion about professionalism in the trade, but I don't get to talk about what I do during the day because my wife has no interest in it. <laughs> so, I wanted to discuss with you today what I what I did, and I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. Have you had any experience working um, in pharmaceutical at all? Um, no. However, um, I there was uh, somebody who donated um, a handful of semi-hermetic uh, Dunham and Bush compressors to the school uh, a couple of months ago, and. Um, they, the process they had, I think they called a lyolizer. 
um, I may be mispronouncing that, but basically it was a freeze-drying process for, um, I think, sample storage in the medical industry. And uh, he showed me some of the facility. It's in Nyack, New York. Um, and um, it was pretty interesting what they what they do there. Um, real and like the load in the box is millions of dollars. Like if if a compressor goes down, it, it's not you know a couple of crates of milk. It's it's millions of dollars of product that goes out the window. You know. Yep. Um, yep. So I know it's pretty sensitive stuff. And like they they change out compressors. Like you know residential customers change out filters. Um, so like the compressors that he donated to the school have, have run their course. Basically they've been swapped in and out of systems over the last couple of years and they were, they were due to be, um, scrapped, but they keep several compressors on hand just for, you know, just like parts, like changing a filter dryer. I mean, it was pretty amazing, you know, a multi-thousand dollar compressor just, you know, being changed out almost as, as routinely as a, as a filter dryer or an air filter, you know? Yeah, and you know what? I did see that post, and I know who exactly you're talking about, but the name um, is at the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember his name. Remember what the fellow's name was? You know was? what? Uh, Rob Kahn, oh my goodness. Yes, oh, it was Rob, right? It was Rob. Yeah, Rob. Um, oh, my goodness. I am so embarrassed. Um, you know <laughs> what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post um, the name of the company and, Nate and, and Rob's full name. Um, to, again, to remind everybody just how, how what he did for us at our, our so he also donated a box full of parts like um, uh, crankcase pressure regulators and you know he he gave me a, a tube a shell and tube condenser uh, oil separator like all these things that we don't normally get our hands on um, that we did that I mean this is great I mean I was able to cut that oil separator open with the, with the grinder so I could show the students what an oil separator looks like inside. You know, so they can see the, you know, the screens and the baffles and the flow valve at the bottom and all that. Um, yeah, cutouts you know, are really we, good. Cutouts are really good for students because then they get an idea of what it actually looks like inside, uh, instead of oh, looking yeah. at looking at a book or or, or looking at right. a projection screen. They actually get to physically see it. So that that's really cool. Yeah. And that was that was really awesome. And to, uh, yeah, sh show, show and tell is, is an awesome thing. You know, I I. I frequently ask my students as they're graduating and, and leaving the school to, you know, remember us when you pull a compressor out, even if I end up having to scrap it myself, but I'll take a burnout, man. I, if something died in a glorious battle, I want to cut it open. I want to, I want to do a post-mortem on that. So the students see what happens with liquid floodback or, you know, uh, a, a winding that's burned out and just how much damage is done to the system as a result of, you know, the burning out, the bur the windings burning out, the, the the debris being pumped around the system. And, you know, this is all kind. Of, this is all, all educational stuff, man. You don't, you won't see this in a book. You know. No, you won't. And I, I wish for me that we lit, we like, we work in such a cutthroat market that to throw that into a job, um, it's impossible. We can't price that into a job. So if you, if you want to do something like that, you have to do it on your own time. And I mean, right. depend, depending on how geared you are to learn, geared up you are to learn, um, a young guy that has no family and stuff like that, that's that's the time and that's the, the opportunity he should take to do that. Like, as you get older, you have families, you have more obligations, it's really tough to go home with a compressor. Say, hey, honey, I'm going to the garage for three hours to cut the compressor open. It just doesn't fly, right? So you got to do that stuff when you're young and, and it's good you do it 
in the classroom for your students. That's awesome. But today, my okay, so I do a lot of work in pharmaceutical um, uh, buildings. And today I was in a building that is fairly new, and they did a mapping study where they put 150 sensors around the warehouse. Um, and this study concluded that there was about five sensors um, that was about 30 feet away from the loading dock. And in the wintertime, these sensors hit. And we're in Canada, and pharmaceutical in Canada, they always go by Celsius. So I'm going to speak sure. in Celsius terms here. So there was about six or seven sensors in the study that all hit around the 15-degree mark, some were under. And they're... Their um, their temperature that they want to withhold in that warehouse is between 15 and 25. So in my hmm. experience, anytime there's a, an issue with one or two sensors in an area, and the reason why it was cold is because the cold air is coming in from the loading dock, it's dipping down across the floor, and these all these sensors that had these issues were one foot above the floor. So the cold air is coming in, and it's sweeping right. across the floor, and it's hitting these sensors. And all you got to do to fix that, to break that air up, add gratification fans to push the warm air down to the floor and break it up. Now, the, the warehouse has gratification fans in there already to, to de-stratify the air, but there's racking, there's boxes in the way, and the air doesn't move the way it should. So there's a bunch of pillars, um, structural pillars, between the loading dock and the racking. And all we're going to do is I went in and I, and I looked at this. and I'm going to put together a price just to put some prop fans on these pillars, and we're going to blow the prop right. fans down the aisles where they're having the problems, and that could solve it. So that's what I did this afternoon. What, what about an air curtain right in front of the, the, the docks doorways um, to try to, you know, how the, with an air curtain in a, in a, uh, a store or restaurant where, where it's, the door is being opened constantly, it, it prevents that, that mix of inside and outside air, also prevents apartments from getting inside. Um, is that something they considered? Maybe an air curtain? They to could try to prevent some yeah, they, they could do that. Um, the only problem is the dock plates too. They they have infiltration. So the dock plates in front yeah. of the actual loading dock door, um, building across the parking lot from it, which is also a pharmaceutical building. We had a lot of problems um in high winds at the winter, in the winter time when it was cold outside, and the dock plates right. air coming up through the dock plates was incredible and it was it was just setting all the sensors off into excursion, and we were getting calls, but there was nothing we could do. So all we did was me and one of the uh, the guys in the office, we took uh, floor mats, and we just covered up all the, the cracks in the dock plates just to prevent this air from coming up. But right, for a temporary measure, I remember. Yeah, ex exactly. But pharmaceutical, it's so they're, they're so finicky because they have people that they're Q&A, they're quality assurance people, and their whole job is to make sure the facility running correctly and the temperature and the humidity. And anytime there's a, an issue with a sensor, mm. they're on top of it. They're calling you. And it doesn't matter if it's off a degree or two. They're calling you. It doesn't matter what time of night it is. They're calling you. So it's it's good in a way because it creates constant work. Um, right. But it's also a pain in the butt because you're calling me because one sensor out of 40 in the warehouse is off by, you know what I mean, by a degree. And there's nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with the equipment. It's just there might be an issue with airflow around that, that sensor. But right. anyway. And now you're uh, married to every little hiccup in the system. That, in the that's building. right. That, that, that's right. But, I mean, if you if you 
really want to take care of your customer, um, you got to kind of put your frustration aside and deal with it. And that kind of is a good segue in professionalism in the trade. And right. that's what we were going to discuss. And in the, I recorded the intro to this before we spoke. And if you agree with me, I coupled professionalism with being sexy because being sexy is not about just taking a hot looking girl or guy, sticking them in a room and saying, Hey, he's, he's hot or she's hot. It's, it's more than that. It's about attitude, about the way you carry yourself. It's about confidence, about the way you communicate. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that, um, when we talk about professionalism with an entry-level person is to remind them that 93% of how we communicate is done non-verbally, meaning that your your body language, your appearance, your hygiene, um, all of that plays into how you you put yourself out there, you know. Um, Statistically, you have between a half a second and seven seconds to make a first impression. Um, that first impression is not based on your command of, of the language. It's not based on your IQ. It's not based on your your years of experience and, and your certifications. It is strictly based on your appearance and your body language. Um, so, you know, we at, at our school, we, we have a dress code that we, we are pretty strict about because we have, we have prospective employers come in to see the students before you know, they open up, uh, you know, hiring to, to these guys to see just how many, you know, who is going to be professional, who's got a, who's got a good presence in terms of confidence and in terms of, uh, of, of motivation and, and so on. And it's all based on what they look like and how they act. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you use the term sexy, you, you know, that's, it's a, that's a visual thing. Um, but it's it, it's all it's all it's everything. It's your it's the way you do things, how you talk, the way you you know the way you carry yourself, your your appearance and your clothing and so on. Um, so yeah, man, that's that's really really important. Um, yeah. I, I went to a I was working for a carrier dealer, actually the Bryant dealer, but they're one and the same. Um, back in the early 2000s, and I was going to a sales training class for technicians, um, and the guy teaching the class said that uh, he experienced that as he approached his customer's homes that he would notice the Phoenician blinds moving in the window as he pulled up. And at first I, I you know, I thought, you know, come on, who's, who's got the time to sit there in their front window and watch the truck come down the block? And sure enough, I started, I started noticing this myself. Um, so that appearance could actually extend to your vehicle. You know, when you come around the corner and you've got, you know, three weeks worth of bagels and coffee cups on your dash and you posted a picture not long ago of, of a truck that meets that description oh that's that you know, stuff is disgusting i can't stand that stuff but that's your seven seconds man that's your first impression as you pull into the driveway that's that nonverbal communication of just how good a technician you can be or you will be when you walk when you when you walk into the customer's house yeah um, so this is where professionalism starts is is it's not just a matter of of what you say to the customer, it's how you look, how your truck looks, how you carry yourself. And again, going back to what I said earlier, nonverbal communication is absolutely key. Um, yeah, I, one, of the, one of the articles that I wrote not long ago, I, I referred to the presidential debate between Nixon and Kennedy. 
Now, this predates most of us, except for us 50-plus-year-olds. But it was the first televised debate between uh, in the presidential election cycle. So Kennedy was asked if he wanted to have makeup uh, applied to his face, and he said yes. Nixon was asked if he wanted to makeup applied, and he said no. So if you actually YouTube the video uh, of, of this debate, Nixon looks unkempt, he's sweaty, he's got five o'clock shadow, um, and he looks like he does not look presidential. And ultimately, the, the result of this, 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 this first um, televised debate between two, between two presidential candidates is Kennedy won, this, won the election, and it was based on his, his appearance of being um, confident and able to be a good leader. So it's professionalism is hugely important in this industry. So have you That's, noticed have you noticed uh, a difference in professionalism from let's say 30 years ago um, the way entry level people got into the trade as opposed to now the way um, entry level people are getting into the trade is there a difference? Um, it, it seems like the the the, the more recent uh, technicians, uh, there's been a lot more um, emphasis on looking like you're, you're going to take care of this customer um, well and at the, that they'll be comfortable writing you a check at the end of the interaction. Yeah. A lot of companies now are going to uh, scripted um, interactions. I recently left the education um, for a very brief period of time and, went and came back to it. Uh, but I went out to the field and worked for a company here in New Jersey, um, and they, uh, man, they were so, um, they were so uh, into their appearance that even showing up for meetings at the office, you showed up in uniform. And when I say uniform, you're wearing their hat. Um, if you're going to wear a baseball cap, it's going to be theirs. It's going to be facing the right direction. In other words, with the bill up front, not hanging off the back of your head. You're going to be, your shirt's going to be tucked in. Your pants are going to be up around your waist. Um, when you go into the, to the shop, you've got booties on your, on your shoes. Um, and this is for a meeting on your, on your day off, you know, so you're not even showing up to do any real work. They want their guys all of the time looking sharp. Um, and they, they even go as far as to using a, 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 a um, customer service program that, that the interactions are scripted right down to, asking the customer if, if the truck is parked in the right place. Um, and all of it is done so the customer feels like they're being, they're being treated like one of the family. Uh, to, to, to that point, you know, family doesn't ring the doorbell, family knocks on the door. So we weren't supposed to ring the doorbell when we approached the customer's house. We were supposed to knock on the door because family knocks. Yeah. So that's, that's how seriously they take that. So here, here's a question. So today, mm -hmm. Um, guys, like back, way back when mustaches and beards were popular, they kind of disappeared. And then, then you had a show like Duck Dynasty come out, and then everybody's growing these beards, right? And then, right. but but a lot of guys are trying to keep their beards groomed up, and tattoos are something that not it's no longer the, the the taboo thing. You know, everybody said back in the day, oh, ta if you have a tattoo, rather a biker stripper. But that, that's, not, that's, that's not the way it is. There's respectable people, businessmen, in all walks of life. They're getting tattoos, they're growing beards. So it would be cool to see a study done and 
the expressions on people's faces if a technician to walk up to the door, the beard and tattoos, compared to a guy that's clean cut and has absolutely no tattoos, but their demeanor is the same, their attitude is the same, um, the way they speak, the same, they communicate well, their truck is What do you think the outcome of a study like that would be? Okay, um, just so let me let me kind of back up a little bit because you made you made mention of a couple of things that um, again goes back to that that first few seconds. Some of that is generational. Like if you if you're talking to and I hate to use the term millennial because it, it, it's such a negative connotation with that these days. But if you're yeah. talking to a person who's in the 30 and under range, so ink, piercings, beard, you know, it's there's no taboo there because it. it common now. I think I heard a statistic that over 50% of the United States has a tattoo. Um, I'm in the other the other 50. I do not have one. Um, but if you go to, if you talk to somebody who's in the 70 to 80 to 90 year old um, age group, now that tattoo takes on a different turn, a different meaning. Because when my mom was a, was a teenager, now my mom is 87 years old, when my mom was a teenager, the only people that got tattoos were, there was one of two people. You were either a convict or a soldier. So when you approach, you know, a, a pensioner's home and you're, and you're in that 70 to 80 to 90 year old customer's age range and you do have visible ink, that person might not be so receptive to that visible ink because they, you're either a soldier or a convict, you know? Um, there's a book that I've read a number of times and I recommend to my students frequently. Um, it's written by a guy named Joe Navarro. Um, then uh, he's actually written a, a number of books, but there's two that I recommend to my students by, by the same author, Joe Navarro. Um, one is called Louder Than Words, um, and the other is, is called What Everybody Is Saying. Um, Louder Than Words is a condensed version of What Everybody Is Saying, and in that in those two books, Navarro goes really into body language um, and an appearance um, because his history is a, he, was a, he came from Cuba as a child, um, didn't understand the language very well, and the best way he could understand people's intent and, you know, get a little feeling for what they were saying was by their body language. Um, and he found that the body language and facial expression um, transcends uh, economic, social, um, and even ethnic boundaries, um, because it's a human thing. Um, and one of the things he talks about in, in, in the books are, is visible ink and visible, uh, visible piercing. Yeah, it's becoming more and more acceptable. And yes, you're seeing more and more of it in the, in the professional areas. But man, there's a lot of, there's a lot that comes with that as well. You have to be willing to accept the fact that a customer may not be comfortable with, with visible ink. And this company that I worked for here in New Jersey, they were, they were so, um, they, they were so strict about ink that you could not show your ink. If, you, if it was August, you wore long sleeves. If you had, a, if you had full tattoos all the way down your arm and your piercings got removed. So if you even had a stud, a little diamond stud in your ear as a, as a nail, it came out. So every company is a little different. Uh, I think there's a, there's a couple of, like major food chains that that also say our dress code requires that you cover you cover your ink. So I, I leave it up to the individual. You know, so, I, I tend to tell people. God, I'm sorry. I was going to say. So, do you think 
over time, let's say over the next 20 years, as as people like my kids, they see me growing up, like I got tattooed and I have a beard and they see me every day come home with my sleeves rolled up and my tattoos are exposed. I don't have any customers that have any, never said nothing. Um, I keep my beard trimmed. And you think over the next 20 years, a guy could roll or, or, or a, a female tech or coming into the great, but someone could roll a tech could roll up to a home and have their tattoos exposed, a beard, a nose piercing, whatever. And it'll be just, it'll be okay. Or do you think there'll always be kind of like a, a taboo thing around that? Um, I, I think it depends on, again, the generations of, of the, the customer base. Um, you know, I, I really feel like it's an age-based thing. The older customers are going to probably struggle with it a little bit more than the younger customers. And then in 20 years from now, the, like the 87-year-olds now won't be around. Um, but, you know, we're going to be the, the, the 50 and under group is going to be the, the, the folks coming in. And they may not have the same um, qualms about facial hair and, and tattoos. I, I have a full beard. Um, and, I, you know, I tend to... I tend to let it grow from time to time, but I, I've, it's, I've been called out on it. You know, and look, it is what it is. They, people think it's, it's, it looks shabby when it's, when it's not trimmed. So, okay, I'll trim it down when people start to make, you know, the Duck Dynasty comment, you know. Um, but I'm also in an environment where my customer base is, is 20-something-year-olds. Uh, the average age of our, of, of our students is between 20 and 30 years old. So if I had a beard down on my belt, I probably wouldn't care, you know. But if I were to go back out into the field, I'd keep it tightly trimmed um, because I don't want I don't want to put that customer off. Again, I may not have the opportunity to open my mouth and make that person feel comfortable before they're made uncomfortable by my appearance. So in and, 20 years, I don't know, man. It could it could go it could be so. It, I'm going to use the term liberal. It could be so liberal at that point um, that it may not matter, and companies may not require uh, that the techs that have full sleeves to cover their arms or cover any other ink on their neck and face. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's just going outside of the trades for a second. I've I've been downtown, like I'm I'm in Toronto and I don't work in the downtown core very much, but I go down there um a little bit during the year and I've seen uh businessmen in suits with sleeves rolled up. Maybe they're out for lunch and they have full uh tattooed like a, a full sleeved arm tattoo. And and it's not just it's not just a trade thing. It's more of a a generational thing that's becoming more acceptable, I guess. And and I don't know if they go into boardroom meetings with sleeves rolled up, but I mean that could that could also be a thing coming soon. Well, that we're going to see people in the business with tattoos and beards as it becomes more commonplace. I I, I don't know, but it's it's a good topic for us for sure. Well, it would be good. It would be good to see somebody doing, uh, you know, a, a a very accurate poll or study to try to see where people rest with that. Um, and again, I'm going to say it's probably going to it's going to the, the lines of demarcation are probably going to sit on age groups. Um, the younger the age group, the probably they would be more accepting of of appearance anomalies, I'm for lack of a better term. Um, versus older folks who are who are more the you know the old the old guard, you know everybody needs to be professional and this is unprofessional, um, you know or at least perceived to be unprofessional. Um, I to give you an example. My mom had some a service tech out for um, she lives in another state, 
Um, so she had somebody come out and do some work on one of her bathtubs. Uh, I think there was a, a chip or a ding or something. So she had somebody come out that does fiberglass. And the guy, the guy had visible ink and piercings, and, and she, she raved about the guy. He was so nice. He took such good care of us. I felt you know, completely at ease and, and never made a statement about how uncomfortable she may or may not have been when he approached the house. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know, dude. It might just be a, a thing where that's an old, uh, an old uh, mindset where tattoos and piercings and, and facial hair is, uh, is unacceptable in a professional world. And we're moving into a place where it's it's not you know it's almost it's we're desensitized to it now. So it's, I mean I I got students that have ink all the way up their face behind their ears on you know, um, and it's at this point I I hardly even notice it until I start to think well geez this guy's gonna have to stand in front of like a ninety year old customer and and not freak them out you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but they're getting they're they're moving on so to speak and and the younger custom younger customer base is coming and they may not they may not see it at all. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens in 20 years. So shifting to a different topic under the same umbrella, um, okay. la- la- language and the use of profanity and, and you know, you've seen, yeah, yeah. You, you, you've seen, <laughs> you've seen me write an article and I also did a podcast about it. And, um, so th- this is what I'm going to say. I don't go into, um, I don't see very many customers that I don't know. So I'm not like a residential right. tech that might go to, Ten different houses where I've never met the person. I basically run um, between fifteen to twenty buildings that are mine all year long, and I might go outside that realm once in a while if I need to help out somebody. But what right. I tend to what I tend to do is I tend to make friends with my customers. Like I get get up on a personal level with them. I talk about my kids and my life, and I find that actually helps me be a professional because it helps me. It, it helps them learn about me and when they they get close to me and and know about me and and know that hey like i'm taking my kids up to the trailer this weekend when when i have something that i need to do in their building they're like yeah i just like we trust you and 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 a lot of my customers they swear and they'll swear to me you know what i mean and and and, and i'll swear back but it's just in, in a conversation but right i wouldn't do that if i walked into a home like let's say I got a residential call and I walked into a house and somebody's there that I've never met before. I wouldn't go, "Hey, how the fuck are you doing?" I wouldn't say that. You know what I mean? Right. But but for me, yeah. I make friends with my customers, and and I've always done that. And and we have genuine conversations where the use of profanity happens quite often. Right. And I'm doing that with customers that are paying out of pocket for me to do service in their building. So you give me your take on that. Right. Well, okay. So there's a couple of real, real key things in what you were saying. Um, number one, you build a rapport with your customers, so they're not you're you're not just you're not just Gary McCready from you know Acme Cooling and, and Refrigeration, you know, coming to do a job. You're you're Gary. You know, Gary's coming to come fix my 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 job. You know, so you're you're on a first name basis. There's this history that that you have with this customer, and, and in in residential. And, and, and again, my, 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 my uh, history has been mostly residential. You know, I had those customers too where, you know, oh, Rick, hey, how's it going? How are the kids? It's so good to see you. Man, you look like you've lost weight. You know, you get, you get that and you make that rapport with that customer. And there were things that I knew I could get away with saying in front of a customer. 
And then there's the other customers that you don't dare say anything out of line because the, the phone call will be happening to the shop before your butt got in the driver's seat, you know? Um, so I, I would have to say it, it's really a matter of your audience, like who you're with. But um, I, this is something I say to my students all the time, sound carries. Um, so if you're in, in the customer's house and it's you and them and it's a one-on-one thing, that's fine. But if it's you and another tech in that customer's basement and, and the F-bombs are flying and, you know, what I did with this one the night before, boy, was she da-da-da-da-da, and I was so effed up because I drank myself still, you know what I mean? That stuff is, you have to be careful because the customer is hearing that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, someone close to me, um, I, not to get too personal, but someone close to me was working at a Burger King. Um, she was a, uh, a, a manager, I think. Um, and she was having a conversation with another employee and it was, you know, it was banter between her and another employee. And, um, a third party heard the conversation and apparently was offended enough to call HR. Um, so the manager and the person to whom she was speaking were both fired because there's a zero tolerance in most corporate uh, structures for inappropriate action, inappropriate language, and anything that could be deemed offensive. Um, so really, you have to gauge what you say with where you are, who's listening, and, and what fallout might be if somebody other than the person to whom you're talking hears you. Um, I personally am not a fan of using um, uh, profanities. Uh, my personal opinion of that is I can communicate my idea without using it. Um, now, that's not to say that my, my, my verbiage is always rated G, but I, you know, I, um, I, I'm very careful not to say things that might be deemed offensive by, by, by folks. Um, and, you know, that's, that's my, my personal take on it. So really, you got to gauge it by who, who you're talking to and who's around, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And like I was saying in the beginning of this part of the conversation is that I know my customers well, and I know what they'll accept as far as language. And, and right. I, think, I think that's one thing. As a professional, you need to kind of gauge your customer. I mean, right. the, the customer's going to gauge you. So I think you need right. to gauge, I think you need to gauge your customer as well. What what's acceptable and what's not. I mean, how to relate to them because everybody has a different mindset. Everybody has a different mentality. And what I try to do, and I don't know if I try to do the, do that or if it just comes naturally. I try to get on the level of whoever I'm speaking with. Like I could have a conversation with the CEO of a company that I'm working for and walk down the hallway, and the janitor will walk out of the the, the cleaning room, and I'll stand there and joke around with. You know what I mean? I don't have any limitations right. about, about that. And I think that's something that we all need to learn is that we're all people and it doesn't matter what A grade you're at, everybody should be treated fairly. And I think oh, ga- of ga- gauging who you're speaking with is very important because if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, that could get you in a and, lot of trouble, and, just like this girl at Burger King, right? And- I'll tell you another story that happened to me personally. And, and it, what you say about gauging that other individual is not, it's not a, a inherited trait. It's a, it's a honed skill. Um, it took years for me to realize that some things just should not be said. So early on in my career, I'm, I'm pretty young at this. And um, 
I, I went out to a no heat and I, I, first off, I committed a cardinal sin, which is I jumped out of safety, which is an absolute no, no, but it was, it was late call customer needed heat. So I, I did what I thought was the best thing for the customer with the intent of being back the next day with the correct parts to make sure that the furnace was run safely. So as I was parting the house as a joke, which I'm realizing later it wasn't very funny to the customer. I said, I'll be back first thing in the morning. As soon as I have the part in hand, I'll be right back because I don't want to read about you guys in the paper. Let me tell you what that did. (laughs) This customer did not see that as a joke because I did not gauge this person correctly and and realize that that, this person was not going to accept, you know, me joking around about their safety um, and take it well. And and as I said, before, before I was in the driver's seat of the truck, she had called the shop. And at this time, we didn't have, you know, cell phones or, you know, the Nextel push to talk. We had, we had two-way radios in a truck. And I get the boss, you know, on the 150 to 155, you know, get back to the shop. Oh, crap. You know, it, it didn't sound good coming from the, you know, the way he talked on the radio. I got back to the shop, and I got, I got dressed down for about 20 minutes on what to say and what not to say to the customer. So the next day, I went back with the part, and I, I, I spent the entire time you know, other than putting the, the limit in the furnace, you know, literally apologizing every minute I was there for what I had said. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can't tell you how important that, that skill is. And to be very careful, if you're unsure, don't step out to the, don't step out to a joke or say something that may be even mildly considered inappropriate. Yeah. Because then I could do And, you know, unfortunately, this, she's remade the customer and her family, you know, remained customers with with us. Um, my boss evidently diffused the situation well, and I never, ever, ever made both of those those mistakes. Put it, you know, jumping out a limit or, or making a joke about it. Yeah. Um, so you know, because I, I got taken apart for both. Um, so you know, those are the sort of things that you know, as you move through your career, starting off as a as an apprentice, you know, you watch. Your, your senior tech do the things like what you're describing with the customer, learning how to communicate with that customer on a level that they feel comfortable, comfortable enough to call you back. Um, right. I tell the students that the holy grail for a technician, whether it be residential or commercial, is to have the customer call the shop and say, I want only Rick or only Gary or only so-and-so in my, in my house or in my, in my building. Because they treated me with with kindness, respect, and I and I only trust them in my in my in my house. Yeah, and that that That's creates job, job Yeah, that creates job security as well. Right. So I have a funny story. So, I'm gonna I'm not gonna keep you much longer because I gotta get going too. But yeah. I have a funny story about professionalism, and I I think professional. We're talking about professionalism as it relates to um, technician and customer. But you also have to have a sense of professionalism. When you're within your own uh, ring of coworkers, right? <laughs> but I'll tell I'll tell you a funny story about my brother. He worked for the company I worked for many years ago. He was started as a 17, um, right out of high school, and he didn't know anything about the trade at all. And I've made a podcast and I've talked about my apprenticeship and the boss that I had, and how he was just anal about everything, and I was scared of him. So we had a big building. It was a TV network. And we had tons of equipment. And my boss brought my brother 
um, to set him up for something. I don't remember what it was. They're walking down the hallway. My brother looks at, at my boss and his boss at the time says, <laughs> so I heard there's a lot of hot chicks around. <laughs> and he just got a, a strip torn right off of him in the hallway. My brother told me that, and I said, oh, that is the last guy you're going to say that to. Can't talk like that. <laughs> so you got to wow. have a sense of professionalism when you're speaking to, um, I guess, your boss or your coworkers as well. I mean, because there's some coworkers, Absolutely. there's some coworkers that don't accept certain language and they don't accept certain jokes, and they could go back Absolutely. running, running to the boss and telling on. I, I mean, we're all grown adults, but this happens in real life. So you got to be careful well, and you got to judge everybody around you, not just the customer. You're absolutely correct. Um, I don't know how big the, the company you work for is, but I work for a national brand. Um, and therefore, they, you know, there's a full-on corporate structure in place and an employee manual and so on. There is a zero tolerance for um, even, even what you think to be as a joke. Um, if it's a third party that hears it, um, that, that could end up, causing a problem we had somebody here that had you know a pretty good relationship with another with a female employee and every day joked with this female employee about her anatomy now listen i don't i don't care how good your relationship is that's inappropriate you know especially in an office setting so a third person again kind of like the story i said before a third person heard this and the guy the guy got fired um, yeah. because Corporate saw that as an inappropriate is inappropriate uh, talk, and it, it, you have to be able to to have freedom to say things, but just bear in mind, especially when you're up front in the office, man. Um, it, it's not it's not like you're out back in the shop or in the, in the sheet metal shop, and you guys are you know shooting the crap in the sheet metal shop where with the pictures of the you know uh, whatever we had. A, there was a sheet metal shop on Long Island, uh, Staten Island. I, I worked for this guy. He had a thing, man. There was pictures all around the shop, but the girls up front never went went to the sheet metal shop, yeah. you know. And the restroom down down on the sheet metal shop, there's a pile of porn on top of the you know the toilet tank, you know. But up front, that none of that stuff made it up front because there were you know our accounts receivable, our dispatcher, you know, they're all they're all females, so they would have been you know highly offended with some of that kind of conversation. So yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Professionalism even in house is incredibly important because you could lose your job over it. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so I did want to thank you for a couple things. First of all, I wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast because sure, and you are the my pleasure. You're the very first guest that I've had, so I really appreciate it. And wow, every, we, we've had some technical difficulties along the way, but hopefully they're sorted out now. Um, I wanted to thank you for helping out in the group as much as you have and the positivity that you've rained on us. Um, that's been really, really awesome. I really appreciate it. And I wanted to thank you for the articles that you've for HVACNOL.com. Thanks, man. I, I, it's my pleasure. And um, it's just awesome to be connected with uh, a group that wants to teach and train and help, you know, further our industry in a positive way. Um, before we before we get off the phone, I just want to, uh, one of the things that we struggle with in, in our industry or in the trades in general is that our our reputation is, is getting trashed at every turn. You know, if you watch TV, um, a sitcom, 
if they got to call a plumber, what does this guy look like? He's dirty. He's, he's usually portrayed as some kind of scumbag thief. You know, his pants are down, so his butt crack's hanging out. He's a buffoon. You know, and, and that's the way the trades are, are, are pictured in, in television. Then we have the media, like the news media, that's always looking for the if it bleeds, it leads kind of story. And they'll set up, you know, guys to, to, to be stuck in these sting operations to make us all look like we're out to screw our customers. So whatever we can do as an industry, um, as a group of people, to make our image, you know, positive, uh, not only for our customers, but for our industry itself. And I know we're running short on time, Gary, but let me, let me just share this one thing and then, and then, and then we, can, we can call it. Um, in the next 10 years, there's going to be 79 million uh, tradespeople that will retire in the United States. There will only be 41 million coming in to take their place. So if you, if you think about the math on that, the average age of a technician, uh, and be it a plumber, HVAC refrigeration, electrical, you know, tin knocker, tradespeople, the average age is 55 years old. And that should tell you that we are dying, literally. Um, there's not been, there's not been a new wave of people to come in and take our place as we retire off, as we literally die off the jobs. Um, you know, at 50, at 50 years old, I'm not capable of doing the physical work anymore. I need someone to take my place in the field to do the work. Um, and, and unfortunately, Every kid comes out of school, you got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college. And, and the only kids that make it to trade school are the ones that hear this from their counselors. You're just not college material. Go, go, go take wood shop, you know, in high school, because that's all you're going to be good for. I heard that when I, was, when I was in high school from my counselors. And ironically, I'm making three times the money of the guy that's sitting in that office telling me that I'm not going to be worth much uh, in terms of college education. So we need to be above board everywhere we can, and that's where Know It All um, and the the, my, uh, uh, the HVAC Hub page, all of this stuff brings that positivity and hopefully encourages more young people to take our place, man. Because we are literally dying off. Yeah, it's it's happening. I get messages from young guys all the time that are thinking about jumping into the trade. So I, I mean, and the, and, the, and they join the and that's why that's why I'm when people ask to join the group. I don't really like saying no to anybody because it could be some guy that wants to join the trade and just wants to kind of hover over us for a year and then we'll hop in. You know what I mean? So right. I'm all for adding, well, adding, adding anybody. And then if they cause trouble, then we'll kick them out. But right. just like you said, well, we I, need more people in this trade. And if they just see what we do, they hear about the money we make, they, they, they see the things that we accomplish, that maybe they'll say, hey, I need a career change and hop into it. Right. And that's, to end it on a positive note, man, there are some really talented people coming through the trade schools. Um, we just need more of them, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Totally agree. I, man, I, thanks, thanks for having me, Gary. I appreciate it. You know, I don't often get asked to um, speak publicly um, outside of my classroom. So this has been, been kind of cool. Yeah, no, it has been. And um, I'm going to get try to get this published um, probably tomorrow or the day after that and get it out and spread across the okay. groups so everybody can hear it. 
I, I, you can edit some of this down, right? I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now that you asked me that, I can't. This, the, the app that I'm using right now, I don't have anything outside of this app where I edit. Whatever we talk about, okay. it just it just goes it just goes in. So this little conversation about e- about editing will be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, but that's so real life. That's real life, man. That's that's how I promoted the podcast in the beginning. It's real life. Let real life happen. But it's live radio. We don't edit it live radio. You know what I mean? And live radio right. is, is entertaining. So. Anyway, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and there's the entertainment portion of today's broadcast. There, there you go. Okay, Rick, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for everything you've done so far. Um, and then we'll have to have you back again on the podcast and talk about something else. That'd be, that was that'd awesome. be fantastic. Anytime, dude. Okay. So, yeah. Have a good one. You too now. Bye now. Bye. So guys, that was our little conversation on professionalism. And a lot of you guys have been asking for longer podcasts. And this is the longest one I've done yet. So you guys that are stuck in traffic, this is a great one for you. Now, I do want to apologize again for the technical difficulties. That's on me. That's my bad. I'm still learning this podcast thing. And I'm still learning the ins and outs of recording audio and I had an adjustment wrong and that's on me. I'll have it fixed for next time. So I, I sincerely apologize for that, but we had a good conversation and we touched on a lot of good points regarding professionalism, like language, like tattoos, like facial hair, body language, attitude, facial expressions, the way we communicate and the way we talk to coworkers and the way we talk to customers. So in the end, you put all these things together to become a professional. You don't pick and choose one or two of them. You got to put them together as a whole. And being a professional in a trade or in any profession that you walk into is only going to benefit you. It's going to benefit you because it's going to create more opportunities for you. And And like Rick and I were saying, if a customer enjoys your company, if a customer knows that you're a good worker and you know how to get things done, they'll become a repeat customer, which is going to make you more money in this trade. Okay, so put all of this together in one package to be a professional. It's only going to benefit you in the long run. So I want to thank Rick again for all he's done, for hopping onto the podcast, for writing the articles, for being a positive influence in the HVAC and refrigeration trade as a whole. Now, in the beginning of the podcast, or in the beginning of the conversation Rick and I had, we spoke about some donations Rick had made to him and, and Lincoln Tech. Now, I apologize for not remembering the gentleman's name. And I'll apologize on behalf of Rick as well, because we screwed up on that one. But the gentleman's name was Rob Capello. Okay, I'm not going to tell you where he works, but his name was Rob Capello. And Rob's been a follower of HVAC Know-It-All for a very, very long time. And the fact that he took time out of his day to arrange these donations, I mean, that's solid. Good on you, Rob. Thank you very much for doing that. If you're listening, I apologize that we forgot your name. Good on you for donating equipment and parts to Lincoln Tech 
so Rick and his students could learn. You're awesome, dude. Okay, that was the HVAC Know It All podcast for today. All right. We have another guest in line for you. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but he should be coming up on the next podcast or the one after that. So, guys, enjoy your day. Happy HVAC. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast